Welcome to the Local Government Bulletin Podcast Series of the Dalla Omar Institute at the University of the Western Cape. Here you can listen to short articles on local government law and policy. We aim to assist practitioners and deepen debate on local governance and service delivery. We hope you enjoy this podcast. As it seems likely that many councils and metros will be governed by coalitions and that can make life a lot more complicated. Look at the recent history of them. So then, how can we make sure coalitions govern effectively? Are they always going to be difficult to manage? This article was written by Yaab de Fisser in March 2021. It falls under issue 1 of the 16th volume of Publications. Webinar Report Coalitions in Local Government On 12 March 2021, the Dalla Omar Institute, or DOI, convened a webinar on, open quote, coalitions in local government, close quote. Close to 100 participants attended, and the panel comprised Yaab de Fisser, DOI, Wayne Sussman, Election Analyst, Janika Birkus, doctoral researcher, DOI, and James Self, Member of Parliament for the Democratic Alliance, or DA. Michelle Maziwisa, postdoctoral researcher, DOI, was the moderator. Yaab de Fisser started the discussion by recalling how during the transition to democracy, the law compelled local authorities to be inclusive, for example, during the interim phase between 1996 and 2000, municipal executive committees comprised all major parties and the municipal budget needed a two-thirds majority. In 2000, the current system of the winner-takes-all was introduced and executive mayors installed in most municipalities. Wherever coalitions were needed, it thus became a numbers game aimed at securing a majority. He also pointed out the irony that the international literature on coalitions, mainly focused on Western Europe, often asserts that coalitions are more inclusive, more stable, and generally good for democracy. However, in South Africa, local coalitions are associated with opportunism, instability, and even violence in the council. So what is going wrong, and how can coalitions be made more stable. Defisser emphasized that coalitions are here to stay. They are a function of our electoral system, which is not designed to produce outright majorities. Of course, political parties aim for outright control, and they may succeed, but there will always be those councils where there is no outright majority. Can legal changes make coalitions more stable? Perhaps more importantly, do we need new conventions or political traditions to make coalitions more stable? Defisser discussed three examples. First, which party in the coalition should deliver the mayor? Is it an order for the smallest party or an independent councillor in the coalition to assume the position of the mayor in return for making a coalition happen? Coalitions where kingmakers take center stage in the executive have proven to be particularly unstable. Countries that have practiced stable coalitions for decades, such as the Netherlands and Germany, 
have developed a convention, i.e. a firm tradition, that the biggest party in the coalition delivers the mayor. Secondly, is there a way to regularize the negotiations process? Currently, if an election produces a hung council, it is not clear who makes the first move or what the process is. Can this be made more predictable without impeding on the political nature of the negotiations? Thirdly, can we insist on written coalition agreements that are made public? Would that enhance accountability and party commitment to the coalition? Wayne Sussman presented an overview of trends in coalition politics. He reminded the audience of the outcome of the 2016 elections. ANC, 54%, 62% in 2011. DA, 27%, 24% in 2011. EFF, 8%, did not compete in 2011. And IFP, 4%, 4% in 2011. The ANC lost control of Tswane, Johannesburg, Nelson Mandela Bay, Mohale City, Metsimaholo, Tabazimbi, Modimule Mohopong, Nongoma, Koha, and Khatelopele, and had to form coalitions in Ekuruleni and Rustenburg. The DA initially managed to secure mayoral chains in Johannesburg, Nelson Mandela Bay, Tswane, and Koha. The ANC formed various coalitions with the AIC, Al Jama, PAC, IRASA, Ekuruleni, BCM, Rustenburg, and KSR, Namakoi, while the DA formed alliances or coalitions with the EFF, IFP, VF+, ACDP, COPE, UDM, AUF, KOP, KDF, KGP, KCF, MCA, F4SD, and some independents. To illustrate the challenge of kingmakers and their extraordinary power over coalitions, Sussman highlighted the Nelson Mandela Bay Kingmaker, the Patriotic Alliance's Marlon Daniels. With a single seat in the 120-seat council, he was able to make happen, but then also topple, a number of successive coalitions in Nelson Mandela Bay. Sussman took the audience through the trials and tribulations of various local coalitions, the extraordinary power of individuals and kingmakers, and the erratic behavior of smaller local parties such as the Independent Civic Organization of South Africa, or ICOSA. He also narrated the impact of weak national party structures and the unpredictable alliance behavior of independence. In summary, he presented a picture of very little consistency in coalition formation. He also highlighted how one party may take radically different decisions pertaining to coalitions in one municipality compared to the next. Jenica Birkes presented her paper entitled Hung Councils in SA theory and practice of coalition negotiations. After reiterating that they work well in many European countries, she asked why they are not working well in South Africa. 
She pointed to the absence of framework legislations on coalitions and to the fact that political parties seemingly have no guidance on how to negotiate or manage coalitions. With respect to the formation of coalitions, she discussed a number of questions. For example, who must initiate the negotiations? In countries such as the Netherlands, Sweden and Belgium, the biggest party is formally required to initiate negotiations. However, in other countries such as Norway, there is no formal requirement. Another question is, who leads the negotiation? There are various options, such as bringing in party leaders or specialized expertise. Birkus explained that the purpose of the negotiations is to 1. Identify parties with similar ideologies, 2. Divide offices, 3. Structure the composition of the coalition, 4. Establish a program for government, and 5. Devise incentives for cooperation. In the context of local government, dividing offices relates mainly to how many executive committee or mayoral committee seats each party in the coalition will occupy. She referred to Gamson's Law, a principle often used in coalitions, which says that the number of executive seats must be proportional to that party's representation in the council. Local government law already prescribes this for executive committees, but then extends it to the entire council. She recommended that this principle be used in mayoral committees and warned against the overcompensation of kingmakers. Lastly, she argued that the 14-day deadline for a first council meeting after a general election places too much pressure on coalition talks. James Self provided insight into his and the DA's experience with local coalitions. He too explained that in 2016, the DA concluded an overall coalition agreement with a number of political parties as well as specific local agreements. Special arrangements were made with the Economic Freedom Fighters and the Inkata Freedom Party. The latter were premised on a case-by-case -case approach. He pointed to a number of important aspects that shape local coalitions. First, the electoral system produces many small parties which complicates coalition building. Secondly, he pointed to the nature of politics in South African local government. One may expect political parties to be ideologically cohesive, but he finds that in practice they are often driven by parochial and individual interests. Thirdly, he made reference to the caliber of councillors and explained that he often found councillors to be ideologically neutral and unprincipled in their politics. Lastly, he highlighted that the job of an executive mayor is extremely arduous because local government is a very complex terrain. The job is even more complex in the context of a coalition government and it then requires extraordinary leadership skills. These are hard to come by. Self also alluded to the lessons that were learned since 2016. For example, he agreed that a coalition agreement with dispute resolution mechanisms is important. He explained that the agreements that were concluded in 2016 were not always adhered to by the parties. 
He asked whether the IEC should play a role in enforcing coalition agreements. He also recalled that smaller coalition partners would complain about not being given sufficient credit for a coalition government's successes. While acknowledging this problem, he said that it is also a function of how the media operates. Lastly, he indicated that the management of coalitions is difficult when political parties use their leverage for nefarious individual interests, such as for securing personnel appointments in the municipal administration or for the awarding of contracts. According to Self, when the DA would resist these, the coalition would collapse and the DA would take the blame. When entering a coalition government, it is important to set realistic targets. Self acknowledged that in some DA-led coalitions, the targets were very high, while the focus ought to have been on getting the basics in the municipality right. He made it clear that in a coalition, it is critical to communicate relentlessly and treat all coalition partners with respect, something that he acknowledged the DA did not always get right. A number of questions were raised by the participants to the webinar. If local politics in South Africa is so focused on personal interests and characterized by immaturity, will coalitions ever succeed? How can a single party be so inconsistent that it enters into a coalition in one municipality and is the archenemy of that party in another municipality? Will political parties accept being regulated on their coalition behavior? Should there be more transparency and citizen input into coalition negotiations? Is it feasible to charge the IEC with the role in enforcing coalition agreements? If coalition negotiations are necessarily secretive, can it at least be agreed that the coalition agreements be made public? Is that something the IEC could enforce? Would it be constitutional to have a rule that prevents kingmakers from occupying mayoral seats? Should the details of the electoral system be revisited and thresholds be introduced to make it harder for smaller parties to win seats? Should hung councils be given more than the current 14-day period to convene their first council meeting? These and other questions were discussed by the participants and panelists. All in all, the webinar provided valuable insights in the theory and practice of local coalitions in South Africa. The webinar was supported by the Hans Seidel Foundation. Jenica Birkus's paper was prepared with the support of the National Research Foundation and the Cape Higher Education Consortium. Thanks for listening. If you found it useful, please share this podcast via your social media. The Local Government Bulletin is supported by the Hans Seidel Foundation and the Bavarian State Chancellery. We are proud to contribute to the debate on local governance and service delivery. This podcast was produced by Temba Fikoloma.